Amen. Lift him up. Praise forever to the King of Kings. That's why we're here this morning is to celebrate his goodness and his truth. And the church said, amen. Hey, grab a seat. Man, welcome again if you're joining us on campus. If you're online, welcome. I hope you're excited about Spring Fest that is following the service today. If you're online, watching from your spring break location or maybe even watching while you're driving, please be careful. We love you. Hey, um, my name is Mark, and I'm director of Next Steps, and we're concluding our Illuminate series this morning. And if you haven't done so, if you're new or newer, would you take out your phone and, and text that number that we gave you earlier, 502-289-1387. Just let us know you're here. We would love to interact with you. That would be awesome. You can text in church. That's totally okay. Hey, you know, there's like two types of people when it comes to interior lighting. And you'll recognize you'll probably be one of these two people. One group of people, it can be a bright, beautiful, sunny day, and the curtains are still closed. And like every light in the house seems to be off. You, you know these people, you walk in their house and you're like, do they live in a cave? Let's turn a light on. You just love kind of sitting in the darkness. In fact, you're sitting in the service right now and you're like, why are the lights so bright? turn them down. Raise your hand if that's the kind of camp that you live in. You like a, a dimly lit house, right? Uh, but there's another group of people that are almost polar opposite. It doesn't matter if it's rainy or sunny, cloudy, the curtains are open, uh, the lights are on, probably every single house, light in the house is on, right? You walk in their house and you think, what is their electric bill? Like, turn a light off. This is ridiculous. In fact, you're sitting in the service. You're like, turn the lights up. It's too dark. I can't see anything. Right? You're, you're, raise your hand if you're kind of in that camp of people. You like a lot of light in your home. Now, here's the real question. Raise your hand if you're married to someone who's the opposite. And you're constantly following each other around, changing the light switches, because the other person doesn't know what the light's supposed to be like in the house. Right? It's like there's two groups of people. There's very few in the middle. And a couple of years ago, we decided to put in some dimmer switches. These are great devices. If you don't have one, I highly recommend it. It can save your marriage. You grab a dimmer switch and you install that and you can change the light incrementally, right? So you can go behind your spouse and just slightly adjust to the point that they don't really even notice. It's a beautiful thing. We have one in our living room. We have one in our dining room, a little dimmer switch. I'm going to come back to those analogies of light switches in a little bit. So kind of hang on to that in your mind with me. As I said, we're, we're concluding our Illuminate series this morning. If you haven't had a chance to see all the messages, if you've been out or if you're newer, I would really encourage you to go online, go to the sermons page and listen back to this, the sermons in these series because there's been some really good truth shared over the last few weeks. Next Sunday, as Fitz said, is Easter Sunday. We'll have services on Saturday and Sunday. So I hope you're inviting people to come with you so they can learn about Jesus. But as we finish up our Illuminate series, I want to give you a statement that I don't think any of us in this room would disagree with. I'm going to put it on the screen here. There is a lot of darkness in the world. I don't know that any of us would disagree with that statement. There is a lot of darkness in our world. And you know this. It only takes a little bit of life living to experience it yourself or just a little bit of time watching the news for you to realize there's a lot of darkness. And there's different types of darkness. There is 
spiritual darkness, right? And it sounds things like, does God love me? Is God even real? How can I even know? If he is real, why is there so much suffering in the world? And why am I being attacked? Why is God allowing me to experience something I may be experiencing, right? There is spiritual darkness in the world. People lost. But there is also relational darkness in this world. Why did my husband cheat on me or my spouse cheat? Why does dad yell at me all the time? Why did mom and dad divorce? Was it, was it my fault? Was it something that I did? Why can't my wife and I just be happy? Why do we have to fight all the time? Right? There is relational darkness in our world. And there's emotional darkness. It sounds like, why am I so depressed? Why does it feel like something heavy is resting on my shoulders all the time? It may sound like, why can't I just be happy? Everybody else seems to be happy. Why can't I just be that way? Someone might think, I don't want cancer. I mean, why do I have to go through this? Another round of chemo. Are we serious? I mean, that's emotional darkness. and There's the darkness of addiction. You probably don't have to go that far out of your direct circle before you, someone in your family or someone you love that is dealing with some sort of addiction today, right? And it sounds like why, their darkness sounds like, why can't I stop taking these pills? Why do I continue to lie and hurt and destroy all the relationships in my life? Will I ever get to the other side of this? Why does this little pill or this little bit of powder control my entire life. Right, there's the darkness of addiction, and right now there's the darkness of war. How many people have died just in the recent conflicts in Russia and the Ukraine since February? Well, how many millions of people have been displaced from their homes and not sure where they're going to sleep or where their next meal is coming from? How can one group be so inhumane to another group of people? Right, there is the darkness of war right now. And those examples just scratch the surface, don't they? We all know there is darkness in this world. Let me ask you a question this morning, though. Do you care? Do I care? Do we really care? Do I care do you care that there are people all around us every day walking in absolute darkness and completely oblivious to it? Is your heart stirred even just a little when you consider the darkness that people live in? Does your heart break when you see others in pain and suffering? Are you moved and compelled toward action? Or is it possible that there's so much darkness we've all just become numb to it? to where we don't really even see it anymore. And it's not that I don't care, it's just that I'm not aware. Do you care? Let me give you another statement I don't think any of us would disagree with. Jesus cared. Uh, I don't think you can read the story of Jesus and come away with any other conclusion except that he cared for those 
who were outcasts from society. He cared for those who were caught in spiritual and emotional and relational darkness. He came to seek and save the lost, right? To, to be a doctor to those who were sick. You see, Jesus cared. In fact, Jesus cared so much that he would touch a leper. If you don't know anything about leprosy, it's basically a nasty disease that will rot your flesh away, and it's highly contagious. Jesus touched those people physically. You know, you put it in our context, we wear masks and goggles and gowns and face shields and still hesitate to help someone. All right, Jesus cared so much that he cried with his friends when they lost someone they loved, and then he cared enough to step up to the edge of a fresh tomb and call that friend back to life. How many of us just scroll through our Facebook and pass all the sad posts and get to the happy memes so we don't have to deal with any sadness in our lives? Or he cared so much that he stood at the bedside of a child that had just died and commanded her to come back to life. We so often just say, well, my thoughts are with you, as if thoughts are somehow helpful. Right? He cared so much that he knelt down and whispered to a paralyzed man to walk. And we tend to just wonder what those people did to put themselves in bad situations. Right? He cared so much that he challenged the self-righteous religious people of his day. We tend to normalize legalism and judgmentalism and call it maturity. Right, he cared so much that he allowed himself to be beaten and nailed to a cross that our sins would be forgiven so that we could live with him forever. And so often we kind of leave that for the missionaries to go do in overseas places. Do we really care? Do we care enough to do the same things that Jesus did. You see, if you follow Jesus, you don't have the option not to care. If we follow Jesus, we don't have the option not to care about the darkness that is around us, the spiritual and emotional and relational darkness that people live in every single day. We don't have the option not to care. And you may be thinking to yourself, well, geez, Mark, I'm not Jesus. Right? I can't possibly be a, a light to every single person. I can't possibly help every single person every single day that is in need. And you would be right. In, in our earthly power, our fleshly power, we cannot help every single person. Things will get in our way, our thoughts about those people, their differences. And yet the truth is, if you and I follow Jesus, if you follow Jesus, if you have accepted him into your heart and have been baptized in his name, you have received within yourself the power of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of the living God lives inside of you. And so, yes, in our own power, there is no way that we could alleviate the darkness in the world. But you see, we're not reliant on our own power. We rely on the power of the Holy Spirit at work in us. You see, we are more than just ourselves. Paul writes to the church in Corinthians, he says it like this. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you received from God? You are not your own. You have the Spirit of God in you. 
If you follow Jesus, if you have accepted him and been baptized, you have the spirit of God within you. If you haven't accepted Jesus in your life, you have a little bit of light, a little bit of power, but it pales in comparison to the power of the Holy Spirit. The same spirit that was in Jesus and compelled him to love others and to do radical, crazy things lives in us. We are called to care. We are messengers of the light. We are called to carry the light and the grace and the truth of Jesus into a dark world. You see, we are called to touch the lepers. Now, I'm not saying you should run out and touch every single sick person you see today. You should be wise. You should use discernment. But is it possible you might get sick in the process of serving Jesus? Yes. Uh, We are called to cry with those who are hurting. And will there be times in your life when you feel sad because you have to stand next to someone who lost a loved one? Yes. We call that empathy. We are called to speak life into those who are stuck in sin and obscurity. And yes, will that cause us to spend time with people who look and think and act very differently than us? Yes. We will. All right, we are called to stand in the hospital room or the funeral home and grieve with others, sending our thoughts, or I've seen this one lately, good vibes, sending good vibes your way, as if that's some sort of magical power. All right, we are called to stand next to those people and to feel what they feel. Sending thoughts and prayers and good vibes just won't cut it. We are called to challenge one another to acts of service and good deeds. All right, we will have to call out sin where we see it in a brother or sister in Christ, but then work fiercely to promote the unity of the body of Christ. We are called to pour out our lives in service to others. And yes, we may have to rearrange our schedules. And yes, you may get a phone call and you'll have to go do something that's inconvenient. And you may have to give up one of the 20 activities that you have your kids involved in. And you may have to create some margin so that your family can serve Jesus together. But we are called to pour our lives out in service to others, to care the same as Jesus cared. Because the same spirit that is his is in us. We are more than ourselves. All right, you might be wondering, well, I I get that. Okay, the Holy Spirit lives in me. But how do I really combat this darkness? I mean, some of the darkness I outlined is pretty severe, the relational and emotional and spiritual darkness. And I'm no counselor. I don't know what to really do. How do I truly combat the darkness in the world? And it sounds simple, but it's so true. Let the light shine. Now, I'm no English statistician, um, but I used a specific word there. I used the word the, which implies a specific type of light. I didn't say let a light shine. I didn't even say let your light shine. I said let the light shine. There is a very specific light that we can let shine into the world that will illuminate some of the darkness that people find themselves in. Look at this statement with me. God is spirit. God is light. Therefore, spirit is light. God is spirit, and God is light. Therefore, spirit is 
light. The spirit of God that is alive in you is a light to the world. How do we combat the darkness? We allow that light within us to shine as brightly as it possibly can. Here's how Jesus said it to some of his followers. You see, he said in Matthew that you are the light of the world. Let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your father in heaven. You know, I think maybe it's time for some of us to flip on the light switch. Maybe some of us have been living a little bit in the darkness, even though we follow Jesus. Maybe it's time to let the light within us shine as brightly as it possibly can. Don't try and dim the light of God that is within you. Paul says it this way to the church in Thessalonica. He says, do not quench the spirit. Don't try to change it. Don't try to dim it. In fact, I might submit to you that God, I think, would either prefer you to let the light shine or maybe to shut it off and go home. He says it this way in Revelation. He said, I know your deeds, that they are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. Right, you see, we've been given a light. There is a light within us, and we combat the darkness by letting, allowing that light to shine, by leaving the light switch on and letting it shine out as bright as it can. Matthew, Jesus went on when he was talking to some of his followers. He said, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand. And it gives light to everyone in the house. So let me ask you this question today. Which switch are you? Which switch best describes your faith life? Is your switch on? Is the light shining brightly from you? Not your own personal light, but the light of God. Does it shine out from you? Or is it maybe just switched off? No one would even know if you follow Jesus or not. Or maybe you're somewhere in the middle where you just kind of adjust the light levels depending on your situation. It'll shine real brightly on Sunday morning and then it'll be really, really dim by the time you get to work Monday morning. Which switch are you? And you might be wondering, I, I don't know. I've never thought about that. How, do, how would I even know which switch I am. And I want to try to give us maybe a measuring tool, something we could use to try and measure the amount of light that we're allowing to come out from us. I'm going to give you a very scientific definition. Are you ready? If you're taking notes, you might want to write this down. Super helpful. In the scientific world, light is defined by lumens. Here's the definition. The SI unit of luminous flux equal to the amount of light eliminated per second and a unit solid angle of one steradian from a uniform source of one candela. So there you go. There's some useful scientific information if you ever find yourself in a situation where you need to know the definition of lumens. That is not helpful at all. Not helpful at all. And in, in Bible times, there was no electricity, obviously. Very limited light sources, actually. You had candles and some other sources of things that you could burn, some oil. And so a unit of measurement, a lot of times in an, in an agricultural society, is the amount of produce you create. 
or the amount of crop that is produced based on the work you've done. So really, sometimes a unit of measurement in those days would have been how much you could produce off the land. And so in a scientific world, light is measured by lumens, but maybe in the spiritual world, light could be measured by fruit. In the spiritual world, maybe light could be measured by the amount of fruit that is evidenced. Paul writes to the church in Galatia. In, in the book of Galatians, he writes about the fruit of the Spirit, the, the, the produce that comes from a life rooted in the Spirit. He says this, but the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy, peace, forbearance. We might call that patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. So let me give you this list. Are these things evident in our lives? Is love and joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control are those things evident in your life is it possible that the amount of light that shines from you could be measured by how much of this is in your life is it possible that you can measure the amount of light that you allow to shine from your life by the amount of these things that can be seen it might look something like this do you Does love shine out of you or judgment and condemnation? Does joy shine out of you or pessimism and negativity? Does peace shine out from you or hatred and tension? Does patience flow from you or busyness and hurriedness? Does kindness flow from you or bitterness and ill will? Does goodness shine out of you or unfriendliness and coldness? Does faithfulness shine out or tardiness and disregard for others? Does does gentleness come from you or harshness and an abrasiveness in life? Does self-control shine out of you or gossip and gluttony? And so I would encourage you, take some time this week And really think about how much of these things could people see in my life? Do these things actually show up in my life? And I know what you're thinking, like, man, you're just beating up on me, Mark. There's no way I can do all these things all the time. And you're right. In our own power, we will have bad days and there'll just be times where we don't shine real brightly. But God's light always shines. And if we choose to live with the Spirit, to walk in step with the Spirit, these things can be evident in our lives. Right, what about, what if you simply allow the light to shine where you work? What if those at work said, you know what, there's something different about that guy or that lady. He really tries to be patient with me. I can be annoying, and yet he seems to really be patient you know what? So-and-so asked me about my sick kid the other day. I didn't even know they knew my kid was sick. I guess they were listening after all. 
That's letting the light shine. What if you simply allow the light to shine in your home, in your relationship with your wife and your kids? What if your kid said, I thought dad was going to kill me for breaking the window, but he was really gentle. What if your kids thought of you as a gentle giant versus a monster? What if uh, ladies were out with their friends and the other women were ripping their husbands and you were able to say, my husband was so kind, he actually got up this morning and turned the coffee pot on. Simple and yet kind. A light that can shine. So guys, turn the coffee pots on in the morning or else you're going to hear it, right? What if your social media feeds lifted and encouraged others rather than just pull them down with the weight of the world. What if someone said, you know what, I can't wait to read so-and-so's post. It's always so uplifting. Wouldn't that be nice? Right, you're right. We can't be everywhere all the time. But yet something can be. If you have your flashlight from last week, go ahead and pull that out or if you got one this morning. If you don't have that with you, take out your cell phone and turn on your cell phone flashlight. You're you're right, we can't be everywhere all the time. You and I only have so many people we can interact with in a day. But if we let our light shine, and you let your light shine, and you let your light shine, the Spirit of God can be everywhere all the time. And so one light by one light, and you can look around, the darkness begins to become illuminated. If we just individually would allow our light to shine as brightly as it can, then one light by one light, the whole world can be changed. So is your light on or is it off? Or are you even having trouble finding it? You don't even know where it is. And that's not a knock on the people who can't find their cell phone light on their their phone, okay? (laughs) But you're like, I just, I don't know. I don't know, you can turn your light off unless you want to continue to blind me. One by one, light can illuminate the darkness. So let me ask you, is your light shining brightly? And I know, I don't want you to be prideful of that. Maybe you ask somebody else and let them encourage you or challenge you. You might say, is there a light that comes from me? And they may encourage you. If your light's shining brightly, I encourage you to leave that light on and let it shine bright all the time. Don't switch it off. And there will be times and there will be people who will frustrate you and make you want to just blind them with the light instead of help them with the light. Fight that temptation. Keep shining brightly. Is your light switch off? Are you someone who's maybe neglected the work of the Spirit within you? Maybe you need to find some time to evaluate that and evaluate where your faith is. Maybe you need to find some people who can help relight the flame within you. You know, the people who I find that really reignite the flame in my life are new believers. If you've not spent time with someone who was just baptized or has accepted the faith, I I hope the next person that comes out of that water, you go find them and you spend some time with them because they will light your life because they are excited about finding Jesus and following him and they will relight you. And so find some time and spend some time with a new believer because their light 
shines pretty bright. And let me ask you, is your faith life more like a dimmer switch? It's somewhere and you don't really know. I, I encourage you maybe to confess that and allow God to turn that fader all the way up and let the light shine every single day because a dim, white, a dim light will not drive out darkness. It'll only make it more difficult. A few years ago, I had LASIK surgery. Anybody had corrective eye surgery? Raise your hand. If you're online, don't raise your hand if you're online. Uh, I had corrective eye surgery, and I can't encourage you to go watch YouTube videos, so please don't do that because you'll freak out. It's, it's an awful thing to watch. But uh, I'm laying on this, this bed, you know, and they've got this, this machine that's over top, and essentially what they do is they use incredibly powerful rays of light that pulsate and it physically reshapes your eye. It reshapes the cornea of your eye. In fact, I did some research and it said the light pulsates at 1,000 hertz. I don't even know what that means other than it's super powerful enough to change me. In fact, before the surgery, they said, can you tell me what time it says on the clock, which is on the other side of the room? I didn't even know there was another side of the room. That poor of eyesight. And immediately after the surgery, I set up and they said, can you tell me what time it is? And I could see the clock on the other side of the room. All I know is, is I couldn't see, and then I could see. And it was an amazing thing. So basically, they used powerful beams of light to change my eyes. And I have to wonder if God's light works similarly. See, God's light is powerful enough, it will physically change you. It will spiritually change you. You will never be the same once you experience the light that is of God. And that's the light that we have to allow to shine out from us because it will physically and forever change the way people see the world. Dim lights won't do that. So let that light shine as brightly as you can because God's light is incredibly powerful. If you've never experienced the transformation of that light I'm talking about, if you're not even sure what in the world I'm talking about, I hope you stop and talk to us today. I hope you don't shield yourself from the light of Christ any longer. But allow that light to burn away the sin that scars and to restore you. Allow the warmth of his light to shine into the cold and dark places that we so often find ourselves in. And listen, if you follow Jesus, I hope you let his light shine as brightly as it can, as often as it can. Because it has the power to radically change the way people see the world. You see, if we really, if we really want to help everyone find and follow Jesus, then maybe the best thing we can do is to let his light shine as brightly as it can so that people may see him and be transformed forever. Let's pray. God, thank you for the light that is real, that can drive out darkness. Uh, so many of us in this room know the darkness that is sin and circumstances of this life. Sometimes we, we create our own darkness and sometimes it's just 
the result of living in a broken world, that it just is there. And yet your light can illuminate that. It can change the way we see the world forever. So I pray that those of us who follow you, that we allow your light to shine as brightly from us as we can. Because that's what you've called us to. You've called us to tell others about you. Help us to do that. Help us not to put a dimmer switch on our faith, but to let that light be on all the time so that people might see you more clearly. God, I pray for those in this room or those who are online who have never experienced that light, that don't know what it's like to have the light of life within them, that they wouldn't shield themselves any longer, but that they would walk toward that light, that they would step into that light, let the walls they've built come down, and may they surrender to you, Lord Jesus. And it's in your holy and precious name that we pray those things. Amen.